0: Welcome to this week's episode of Paddy Talks Golf, presented as always by the legends at seed golf Balls at SeedGolf.com. So check them out today. Also, keeping the shirt on my back and many other people's backs is DruidsGolf.com, the fastest growing apparel company on the planet. Some super stuff coming up in their Spring Summer 21, so check them out. Also, thank you to you all for pressing play and uh, for leaving some reviews this past week and for giving me much needed feedback on Paddy the new website. Thank you to all the legends that have picked up a hat, visor or Keenan Rafferty bucket hat on said website. And those yardage books are back. So if you stuck one of those into your basket, fair play. This week's episode is all around an innovator, disruptor Tony Judge on this week's episode talking about his newly launched company Flexi Golf. Targeting those golfers who are no longer part of a golf club 50,000 plus wrote it there Colette about George Raleigh told us the production line was finished in Kerry where's George Raleigh what do you think this week's episode I know I actually know this man um we've played golf in Royal Dublin um Royal Dublin seems to be the hub of a lot of people's first experiences in golf if you speak with Derek Murray and this man and a couple of other people who've been in the podcast but you can check those out in your own time um I would call him a serial entrepreneur maybe Tony Judge is that how you would explain yourself into I'm a serial entrepreneur is that what you describe yourself as
1: uh Penny, i don't know where to go that far i think i probably stumbled into different businesses and uh i suppose things have just grown out of that but look entrepreneur maybe serial i'm not sure
0: so for anyone who doesn't know tony judge um ceo of clubs to hire uh one of the one if not the number one golf rental company worldwide so back in the day when we used to be able to travel to places like Pharaoh um, he was the outlet where you could pick up your clubs locally and save like for example I did a bit of travel not a lot right but I lived in Italy for a while and I'd be over and back every couple of months bringing my clubs 80 to 100 quid each way like 80 to quid to bring them back to Dublin 80 to 100 quid to bring them back to Italy and that's I think where where you spotted a gap in the market
1: but before we get into that Tony Judge what was your earliest memory in golf, Paddy? I'd say my earliest memory was um, as a, as a very young kid. I actually worked as a lounge boy in uh, Royal Dublin. Uh, I was about what, fourteen. What,
0: what is a lounge boy?
1: A lounge boy is somebody that takes orders at the tables uh, in the members' bar and goes to the bar and gets the barman to give him the drinks, and he brings them to the table, and hopefully okay. he might get a five p tip. Along the way. So, yeah, that's my first real memory. I suppose it's my first introduction to golf. As a kid, I worked in Royal Dublin in the bar and I saw these people going out on a golf course. And I always wondered, wow, I wonder, could that be me someday? And it took me a few years. But it, when I was 19, I took up the game and actually joined Royal Dublin.
0: Very good. L- looking through your experience and I suppose career to date, golf has kind of always featured so yeah, yeah was that was that on purpose was it where did the i suppose the the love of the game or wanted to be involved in it come from
1: i think what happened Patty, uh very early on in my you know when i left college i went to college in the college of marketing and design and i came out of that and Back in those days, it was pretty tough to get a job. And I ended up working in a couple of the banks. I worked in AIB for a while, Bank of Ireland. And then I worked in First Active, which is now Ulster Bank. And uh, that that wasn't really for me. I left that and um, I ended up working with uh, the Smurfit Group. And uh, back in those days, the Smurfit Group, owned by obviously Michael Smurfit, as you know, um, they were quite active in golf. They sponsored a lot of golf tournaments back in the day, particularly the Irish PGA Championship. The first um, golf,
0: golf tournaments. Article across you, but you, mm-hmm. you, if you listen to my podcast, I do it too much to people. <laughs> um, my first experience of being to a tournament was the Smurfit European Open in the K Club. Yeah. Oh, I don't know when it was. Oh, I don't know when it was. Maybe ninety nine. But yeah, the Smurfit name has always been synonymous with God for me. So it has to be the same for you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, if you go back to those days, Smurfit invested quite a bit of money into the Irish PGA Championship. I think he used to put up a purse of about 25 grand, or sorry, 100 grand a year and 25 grand for the winner of that tournament. Now, that was a lot of money. You wouldn't, like, the Irish PGA Championship. Might get a, a total person out of ten grand. It was a hundred grand back in those days. So he was a great sponsor and supporter of Irish golf. And as you know, he bought the K Club, um, and then he bought the European Open, as you just said, to the K Club for ten years. And that was a pre- prelude to getting the Ryder Cup. But when I when I worked in Smurfits, there was quite a bit of golf going on in Smurfits, And I was in the marketing side of the bank. Uh, the bank was called Smurfit Pariva. It was on Stevens Green, and it was owned uh, by Michael Smurfit, the Smurfit Group and by Paribas Bank, which is a French bank. And I was on the marketing side, involved in running events. I was obviously playing golf in Royal Dublin. And one thing grew into another. Uh, So there was a lot of events, a lot of corporate entertainment through golf. And it just grew from there, Paddy. And then um, a job opportunity, Mount Julius came looking for um, a director of golf. And one thing led to another. I got that role and ended up just kind of getting involved in golf and immersed in golf and moved from there. So in your time
0: in director of golf, did that overlap with the, there was an exhibition game there, wasn't it? When Shell used to do the exhibition games, was that the one that, did Tiger play in that one?
1: No, no. no? So so what happened uh, about ninety ninety five to 98, the Irish Opens were at Mount Juliet. Mm-hmm. And I came in in 1995 and started there as director golf. So uh, we had the Irish Open there for three years. It was the Murphy's Irish Open back then, if you remember. Oh, I do. The, at I, want, I want drink it. the Murphy's, but I knew this was <laughs> the Open. You were, I'm sure you were drinking, but uh, not, maybe not Murphy's. But um, yeah, th- that was a very exciting time down there. I mean, that tournament, uh, the Irish Open back then, used to get about 60,000 people. The place was just jammed with golfers. It was a very, very exciting event. All the big names came. I remember distinctly one year, Greg Norman flew in in his in his private jet into Waterford Airport like a shark. the uh, The plane was like a shark. And I remember, I remember arriving into Mount Juliet that year, and the first thing he said, "What's going on with all the ads with my hat on them?" And apparently, what had happened, he was driving from Waterford Airport to Mount Juliet, and there was all these billboards, Murphy's Irish Open. But the big, uh, the big um, image in the ad was his hat with the mm-hmm. with the with the sharks teeth coming out, and it was white and black. And Murphy's using. It. And there was a big row. The first thing when he got there, there was a big row about his image rights, and they actually had to sort him mm-hmm. out. So anyway, that's the uh, Irish Opens. No, but the tournament you're referring to came after the Irish Opens. It was called the One for World of Golf, as you know. And there was a match between Tom Watson and uh, Fred Couples. And I actually caddied for Watson um, during that, that weekend. It was a brilliant weekend. Watson beat. Uh, he beat Freddie. Uh, sorry, no, Freddie beat him. Watson went on the jar the night before. Didn't play great on the Sunday. And Freddie beat him, I think, by uh, two shots.
0: Yeah, no, Tom Watson is one of my all-time favorite golfers. Um, most about how he dealt with life and, and, you know, the support he gave his caddy back as well. But, um, yeah, you journeyed through life, CEO St. Margaret's back into property. And then what was the compelling event? I kind of alluded to it there at the start. What was the compelling event when you said, time to go on my own, clubs to buy
1: yeah. Uh, clubs to had Paddy, issues. um Clubs to buy came later. So Clubs to hire came in 2010. What had happened really in a nutshell, as you know, back in the early noughties, kind of 2003, 4, up to 2007, 8, there was a big boom in property. And I was very involved in uh, selling overseas property, particularly in Portugal. And I used to be up and back to Portugal a lot with clients, bringing them up down. They were buying properties down there, whether it was for investment purposes or for lifestyle. So, um, because I was traveling up and down a lot, I had to bring my golf clubs a lot, and it became just a complete pain. And I said, "This must be a better way to do this." Anyway, roll on two thousand and eight. The mar- market implodes. Everybody stops buying property, and um, so for about two years, I had the dealing with the legacy of looking after people and getting their money back on. Their investments down in Portugal, and then around kind of late 2009, early 2010, the concept of clubs to came up. Uh, I obviously knew there was demand first. I started researching it more and finding out there was actually a big demand for. You know, I knew there was a lot of golfers going into uh, into the likes of Portugal and Spain, and I knew that they were being overcharged by the airlines, and that's that's where uh, clubs to Hara spawned out of. Um, and that, that's where the idea came from no deadly because like
0: i i i suppose it would be one of one of your customers i've never used clubs to hire shocking shocking carry on by myself but it's just i've never been on a lad's holiday either which is also shocking carry on um my wife approves of that side but like in my little experience of traveling and of hiring clubs if i brought my own i got fleeced by the airline if i i might have played golf twice in or three times in in a week i wouldn't be going on a golf holiday but i'd have to rent a set of clubs to be honest a shit set of clubs for maybe six to eight euro a time you know so unless i was playing golf in the olympic club or somewhere prestigious where you know titleists is rolled out um it just kind of wasn't worth it do you know what i mean how did you address that side of things
1: Okay, so, I mean, look, when the, the whole concept when when I started the business back in 2010 was to kind of over-deliver, you know, under-promise and over-deliver. And back then, the, the key, one of the key problems when I was starting up the business was actually getting sets of golf clubs, believe it or not. So um, back in those days, um, my old buddy, Paul McGinley, who I went to college with, um, was obviously out on tour and, uh, I bent his ear about the idea and I said, look, you've got to introduce me into these manufacturers. They're not listening to me. And in fairness to him, he did. And, uh, you know, we quickly did a, a deal with TaylorMade in Callaway and, uh, the first shop opened in Faro in, uh, June, 2010. And the week that the first shop opened up, I had no sets of golf clubs, but I had bookings, and people were coming down. And the reason there was no golf clubs, TaylorMade didn't deliver them on time. And, you know, everyone was blaming everybody. But there I am standing in my shop in Faro Airport with customers arriving and no clubs. So I actually, in those first couple of weeks, I had to go and drive up the Algarve and down the Algarve, rent sets of golf clubs on a daily basis, give them to the customers. They didn't know I didn't have, you know, the TaylorMade clubs. Uh, so it was a pretty... um pretty stressful couple of weeks when we started the business and but thankfully about 50 60 sets of tailor made arrived in and we got up and running and the rest is history and uh, so that's that's how it started but getting back to your your initial question patty the whole thing for us was you know Give absolutely high-end golf equipment. Let it be exper- an experience for people when they come down to try out the latest sets in the market. And back then, I think the sets that we supplied in those early years, I think they were O' nine by TaylorMade and uh, whatever the model was by Callaway back in the oh, day. Class. But- I did,
0: that was the like the. The yeah. top, the top of the yeah. top of the time, yeah.
1: Yeah, and we were renting them out for about 40 euros a week, 40, 45 a week, which is like a five or a day, or five or six euros a day. And it started from that, and like anything, Patty, it started very slowly, you know, a couple of hundred quid in bookings a week grew and grew and grew. And within, you know, probably five years, we had got it up to 40, 50, 000 sets a year. So the concept was there. People really didn't want to bring their golf course with them because it's a hassle and it's expensive. And this, well, what, you know, I, I think at the start, the concept was save money, but now it's very much all about the experience that you can, you know, book the set, arrive down, try out a brand new set of tailormates, Callaways, PXGs, Cobra, whatever you want, and take them away for a week for anything from 40 to 80 euros a week.
0: Not deadly. And, and um, my next question then is, with the last 14 months, how has that impacted Clubs to Hire?
1: Yeah, um, it's been tough, Paddy. I uh, I wouldn't tell you anything different. Look, everything in travel has been decimated. It's been a really rough time. We effectively closed around Paddy's Day, uh, two thousand and twenty, and have remained closed. Um, and if anything, it's you know I, I think things have probably got a little bit worse, particularly in Ireland, and because you know all these travel lockdowns seem to be getting worse and worse, but uh while it's been tough going the business is here and it's here because we have an excellent database of clients we've had massive support from them and for example a lot of clients would have booked in 2020 couldn't travel and we sent them out vouchers and said look you know stay with us hang in there and 99 of our clients have taken vouchers which took the financial strain off the business and um i'll be honest with you without that kind of support and um, we have a great bunch of clients and they're very loyal we probably would be in trouble but because of that we're not and we will get through this pain barrier i mean anyone that is in business that's suffering from uh this covid thing uh it's a survival game and it's cash flow and just be being there when the thing turns around and we very much plan on being there um Look, it's like anything, Paddy. You get out of bed some days and it's tough going, and other days you have some wins. Uh, The lack of support by governments hasn't been great, I'll be brutally honest with you, Um, and that goes in Spain, Portugal, and here. But look, we're surviving, we're here, we're going to be here with people, and we're beginning to see a few green shoots that people are beginning to book again and look at, you know, maybe travel for the second half of this year.
0: No, absolutely. And you might know it or not, but but you you strike me as, well, it reminds me of the chat I've had with, with Dave Carney, which is upcoming soon. And one kind of spoiler for that chat is he's only focus each day when the two feet hit the floor is where do I focus my energy today to achieve the goals I want, yeah. you know? So like you said, there, some days you get out of the base, you don't feel great. But when the two feet hit the floor, he knows where his focus is. So, um, he's coming from the high performance land, you know, so you strike me as doing that kind of naturally yourself. Um, so when things come, come back to normal, how are you pivoting or innovating, either in close to hire or, or maybe in something else?
1: Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, that word pivot's been bandied about quite a bit. and I, It's a great you know, word, isn't it? They're stealing it from word. Ross Geller.
0: Pivot! Pivot!
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Well, look, you know... It's whatever you want to call it. It's uh, I think what has happened in the last year. I've kind of had to rethink what I'm doing, and we've made some. Look, we've made some obvious changes in the business. The business is now much leaner. Um, it's smaller, obviously, than it was. But when things come back, we will grow again and open things back up again. But during that time, Paddy, I, I probably had several ideas in my head pre this COVID thing, and I just never got to. Uh, bring them to market or getting them ready. And the last 12 months has allowed me time to go and do that. So um, yeah, I have a few new ideas that I'm going to be bringing to market uh, this month and next month. And I'm quite excited about them. Uh, We haven't officially launched yet, but we will be launching in mid-March and the second one will be in early April.
0: Okay. So
1: by the t- just so you know, by the time I get my finger out
0: and have this edited, it will be mid March. So can oh. you tell me, can you tell me what yeah. it is? Are you able to give us the kind of, do I get the, do I get the spoiler here? Do I get, what
1: do they call it? The spoiler alert. I get the, I get
0: the exclusive, do I?
1: <laughs> yeah, you could call it the exclusive. So, but Patty, look, the, the first business that uh, we're going to launch in the middle of March is called FlexiGolf. Okay. Uh, Golf is a a golf club without a clubhouse so what i mean by that is people golfers throughout ireland and we're launching the uh we're launching the the business in ireland first of all and it's going to allow golfers who aren't members of an existing golf club or people who play golf who would like to join a golf club there's a massive market out there for those people just to give you an idea back in. Probably 10, 15 years ago, uh, there was probably north of 300,000 people were affiliated to the Golfing Union of Ireland. That number is closer to 200,000. So 100,000 people have left an affiliation with the Golfing Union of Ireland, and more and more people are now playing golf in Ireland. As you know, last year during the COVID summer, you couldn't get on a golf course. So there I reckon, and I know from my research, there's a lot of golfers out there who don't have a home, and Flexi Golf is going to offer them a home to play their golf. It's going to give them a handicap. It's going to give them events. It's going to give them a ton of benefits. It's going to give them away trips. They're going to get cheaper golf clubs. If they want to buy a secondhand set of golf clubs, ones, et cetera, et cetera. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a community for golfers who want to a start the game or be d- used to play the game, but want an official handicap. And they can do all that Patty for either 69 euros a year or 119 euros a year. So it's very, very affordable. That's fantastic. I mean, for for me and and discussions I've had through this
0: podcast and through, I suppose, my own circle of friends and and acquaintances, I think they're called. um, This is kind of the gap that's been there between like me bringing some mates or maybe through work, like a get into golf program. The program finishes and then there's like a big step to actually joining a golf club. Okay. Golf Club turned around to me this week and said 900 quid for membership, right? So I'm debating about that because I'm like, I only use it X amount of days or a month, not a week, maybe maybe a day a month. And for me, that's hitting like 50 balls up and down the practice range. I might play four or five holes. Um, And I'm big into golf, you know me, but uh, not everybody is. So like the stepping stone to actually playing the game it, it sounds like you're bridging a massive gap in the market. You're bridging the gap between startern, between people who play society golf who want more, but want like you like like the higher um, values, the experience. You're giving what it sounds like the full experience of being part of a club, without, I suppose, the traditional cost. And avoidance of certain classes and culture clashes in, in clubs and some clubs of politics and some don't. We don't need, we definitely don't need to get into that. But it definitely sounds like you're giving a whopping bang for your book. So tell me more. Like I want to know more, you know. How do I get involved as as a as a customer? Or, you know, how, how do I sign up?
1: Well you're absolutely right. It is gonna be an experience and and pe the reason we can do it so cost-effectively, firstly, Paddy, is we don't have the overhead. We don't have to go out and cut the grass. We don't have to pay staff. We don't have a clubhouse. So because we don't have any of that overhead, all we're looking to do is charge people a very nominal amount to join the club. And then obviously the other elements of that go towards your GUI, levy, et cetera, et cetera. So as I said, there's going to be two products. There's going to be Flexi and there's Flexi Plus Plus. Flexi Plus is probably the one that most people will go for because that's the one that gives you an affiliation and an actual uh, world handicap. handicap. Okay. So you, you can play. So you will get a handicap. You can play in um, open days throughout the country. We will have a minimum of 20 events around the country. Yourself? Uh, Flexi, yeah, Flexi events where you will come and play in them at a reduced rate. So the member gets the benefit of a reduced rate, can play in events around the country and can win competitions and move their handicap up or down. So it's like being a member of a normal golf club, except we won't have a weekly competition. We don't have a, you know, a home of a golf club. So we will be using golf courses around the country for our members to play at. And, you know, like, honestly, it's throwaway money, Paddy, 119 euros. And you now got a handicap and you're a member of the club. So we- It's a nice house. It's a night nice yeah, in Dublin. It's, it's around the drinks, yeah, exactly. And it's you know, what I hope it grows into, Patty, is a community where we have hopefully someday thousands of members where they're, you know, they're all going to be socially interacting, getting to know each other, meeting people at events, traveling away. And this this concept has worked abroad, Patty, in Europe. Um, there's a similar club, um, and in, you know, they have north of 5,000 members and it's very, very successful. A friend of mine has done this in, in Belgium actually. And, uh, he's, he's jammed with it and Belgium only has six, 60,000 golfers in total. And he's 5,000 members of his club. You know, Ireland has between somewhere between four and 500,000 golfers of which only 200,000 of them are members of the golf club
0: yeah affiliated
1: now it sounds like you're going
0: to hit a lot of people's checklists especially when we come out of lockdown which is hopefully a couple of weeks away from this podcast goes out of everyone wants to go out and experience other golf courses around this beautiful country of ours because we possibly still won't be able to travel much this year so this sounds like an absolutely no-brainer for the likes of um Oh, who are the lads down in Limerick? Like there is a band of eight to ten lads down in Limerick, and they're like, we're not paying our members. We're not. We're not joining the club this year. We want to go out and play loads of courses, um, and they're doing great. Like they're promoting that fact. But like this sounds right up that, that alley, that that street. And even like there's a hundred plus people where I work, part of a, a golf group at work, and that's what we try and do. So this is a, this is a no brainer for all of those people who want a golf experience without without paying a grand a year for it
1: yeah yeah i mean the i suppose i should touch on the just the the cheaper option the flexi golf option i mean that is going to be everything the other one is except you don't get an affiliated handicap to the world handicap system so for example at the events we have if you're just a flexi member you come down you pay whatever it is the greenfield the day at that applicable course and you play in the event we will give those people an official handicap it'll be a flexi handicap and they will have their competition to play in and they can win their prizes and then the guys that have an official handicap will play in the main event so we're trying I was to
0: wonder how you'd manage that yeah i was wondering how you've managed that yeah so if yeah. you need the handicaps to, yeah yeah yeah
1: We have to differentiate it and and be fair. So look, in time, I think more and more, I think, look, it's a stepping stone, as you said earlier, it's a stepping stone to let people, you know, feel part of a club, get a handicap, play in events, and, and come and play as much as they want. If they only play once or twice, it hasn't broken the bank. You know, I, I hear a lot of people, especially in the last year and particularly in the last three months that have forked out a lot of money to their golf club, you know, thousand, two thousand, three thousand 2,000, 3,000 euros to pay their golf. So they're not getting any golf at the moment. And I think people are beginning to question, what am I doing paying that kind of money for maybe five or six or 10 rounds of golf a year? Whereas with this, it's, you know 119 euros and if i play i play and if i don't i don't at least i'm not breaking the bank so that's that's where i see uh the real benefit
0: no absolutely and i can see you know i look forward to like seeing God being the like your disruptor it's a disruptor in the market yeah. you know yeah my question now is you know, and, and it's a stat, like the stat is somewhat dated now, but there's 4 million people in Ireland. And I'm asking the question of, of FlexiGov now into like the three year plan. There's 4 million people in Ireland, right? There's 4 million people in Manchester, right? <laughs> yeah. So the UK is obviously a massive market. Now we don't know if we need our passports going over there anymore. We haven't traveled since Brexit. But is that, that has to be on the horizon, is it, to bring FlexiGov to, to the UK and beyond?
1: Yeah, definitely. Look look, the plan is um, you know, because we know the Irish market so well, ton of connections here to bring the product to market. It's this is an easy testing round to to try the the you know the concept. I think it will work. If it does, obviously the UK. I mean, the UK has north of three million golfers. You know, Ireland has about four hundred thousand, four or five. So it's a big, big market. And with clubs to hard, it's it's fifty percent of our business. So we, I understand the British market. We have a huge database of clients. So the clubs to hard database that we have with our you know fifty thousand plus clients that is going to become a target for this product and we will start letting our uk friends know about it and if if we get traction on on it in ireland we'll obviously go to the uk the plan is patty the grand plan is that we would have a european version of this so our friends in belgium that have his club we would create a european club and who knows what that could lead to but this thing honestly because it doesn't have a clubhouse and have a limit like a lot of golf clubs have as in there's no CapEx. Yes. Well, there's no CapEx in the number of members it can have. We could have 10, 15, 20,000 members of this club in time. Will it get it? will take time. at. you know, we've done our plans. I think this year I'm projecting 250 to 300 initial members. It could be more. I don't know. But I see steady growth with it and it'll take time, but very exportable.
0: No, absolutely. I love a good scalable option. So what I'll ask is for the for the few audience outside of my own family who listen to this podcast, right? Um, but, you know, we've, we've a very loyal following and little community built up ourselves here in Paddy Talk Golf is, um, geez, what was the question I was going to ask? Yeah, if anybody wanted to, had you know, had their own company or affiliations or maybe if PGA Ireland is listening, or PGA England. Are you looking for affiliations? Are you looking for to establish partnerships? And if you are, how do they get in touch?
1: We are. I mean, uh, we would we would be delighted to be officially affiliated to to these different uh, you know bodies. And I think in time, and it's only, you know, if you look at these, these big, you know, PGA or the Golfing Union or the rna they would look at this idea. It, it is disruptive and they haven't done it yet and we're doing it. So we're kind of getting ahead of the game here and opening the market up for people that want to play golf at an affordable level. Of course, we would love the backing of them and then coming in and endorsing the brand and saying, yeah, we're part of this. And I think in time they will, I think if we get enough members, they will have to. Because, you know, if you if you have a golf club with, say, 5,000 members, that's the biggest golf club in Ireland or the UK. There's no golf club that's more than that in members. So you're going to have a real bit of powerful uh, say in the market. And I think in time it will be recognised by these people. But if they want to get in contact with us, yeah, they can contact us through the FlexiGolf website. All the details will be there. We're based in Dublin. That's where the head office is. And uh, we'd be delighted to talk to any you know, people that are in the industry that want to come on board or get involved.
0: No, no, it, so, it sounds really special. It sounds like um, like God's version of Revolut, like Grocery's version of Buy Me, which is a brilliant Irish startup. Um, you know, so so really it sounds like it has scope for for serious growth. And uh, I, all I can do is wish you all the best. Um, I'll be here supporting you and rallying you from from the red from the green corner um, of, of the podcast world. Um, now the real hard hitting questions, Tony. Okay, real hard hitting questions. It's your quick fire Q and A okay so are you are you ready oh i am no dead okay tony judge and maybe flexi golf what would your walk on song be
1: oh this is going to be an odd one i'd say it has to be one of the dance out dance uh anthems of the 90s uh by the band faithless insomnia the mid oh. part of that song great great beat
0: is that the flexi golf theme tune then <laughs>
1: it could be, it could be. <laughs> stick it up on the website Paddy yeah, yeah. are you a gym or pizza head pizza good man hat
0: visor or a Keelan Rafferty bucket hat hat happy Gilmore or tin cup tin cup Walker or cart
1: walk always
0: with the club's a higher bag
1: win the Masters or win the Open win the Masters I think for me yeah. Masters
0: instagram or twitter
1: twitter i'm not great on instagram but you know we, we use twitter and facebook a lot for the business so i'm just more comfortable with them so yeah probably twitter
0: 100%. and play or practice
1: i'll play for me play for me i used to practice a lot when i was younger uh but now i just like getting out and playing and socializing and enjoying the game
0: no daddy one, one sneaky question okay and yeah. there's maybe one you might have to think about for a minute but i'll edit out any pauses Okay. Um, we'll say it's Flexigos' first tournament. There's been three hundred people play today. Um, you're putting the close to hire bag back in the back in the mini or back in the, the Wrangler or whatever you have. Um, I doubt it's a mini. But you're going home to dinner, candlelit dinner Tony Judge style. You've three people down the other side of the table. Who's coming to Tony Judge's candlelit
1: dinner? Three people non-family, is that what you mean?
0: Anyone you want, six people, three people down each side of the table, dead, alive, sports person, celebrity, golfer, who's at the dinner table?
1: Okay, a couple of people, obvious ones jump out, big U2 fan. So I suppose Bono, I mean, I'd love to have dinner with Bono. Would he be at the the edge of the table? (laughs) Boom, boom, nice one. (laughs) Yeah, the edge of the table. Bono, no, nice one. He'll rock up in the Harley yeah yeah probably will yeah actually funny enough I met the edge the edge is a member of Royal Dublin where I play and I met him a few times he's a great guy so but Bono, uh, but Bono makes know. the cut <laughs> but, but I let Bono into the house yeah I'll, I'll let him in um a guy I really enjoy he's another golfer from America Larry Davis the comedian I'd like him yeah he does that program Your enthusiasm he's hilarious I'd actually love to get a couple of hours with him uh I'd say he's a couple of good stories to tell um i've been to business i enjoyed business and enjoyed the whole investment side of it so uh, i suppose you'd have to have the the king of investing warren buffett you'd have to have him at the table i'd say he yeah. could Tell you lots of fantastic stories.
0: If Connor uh, Purcell is listening, I think Connor Purcell was rage and he didn't pick Warren Buffett. <laughs> For his he, I, yeah, I he me after. <laughs> just, yeah,
1: well, I mean, look, Buffett's getting on, but my God, what a what a career he's had. And I tell you, he must have some stories. I mean, I always love a laugh, and uh, no better man. Unfortunately, not with us anymore. But Brendan Grace i would definitely have him at the table god i used to love him as a kid and Butler and all the things i was trying like, to think yeah Butler,
0: yeah Butler would be at the table yeah so we're yeah. some crack at this table so far four, a bit four of crack, great
1: ones bit of crack i suppose golf i have to have a golfer and being a left-handed golfer um i'd have phil mickelson there i've always admired mickelson the way he plays the game his carefree way he goes for it Amazing player should have probably won more majors, but what a career he's had! And uh, he's probably for me one of the most natural players. You know, best probably short game ever. Well, him and sebi maybe. Uh, sebi I met actually when I was a kid in Royal Dublin many years ago, and he was he was just class. When I worked there, uh, he ended up in the bar with only me and him for about ten minutes, so that was a special moment. And uh, I suppose from a uh, football because I, I follow United. Uh, you you know, uh, you'd have to throw a bit of fire into the room, so probably Roy Keane would mix things up a bit. So, is yeah. that how many sad? Is that That's five six, six. Yeah,
0: that's six. It, yeah? All yeah. credit to Tony Judge. Uh, that that's some, that is some table of people. It's an absolute pleasure to speak with you. I look forward to joining Flexi Golf, renting my to Hire, and rocking up to a golf experience around the country, or maybe in the UK, or maybe somewhere across Europe. Thank you very much for your time for, for joining me today.
1: Thank you, Paddy. It's been a pleasure. And uh, maybe we'll come on later in the summer and give you an update how it's going. I'd love it. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll do we'll do a, we'll a sexy golf check late summer. Good. See if we can drive it on. Good man. Well done.
0: That was Tony George, as ever, an interesting man to have a chat with. Check out Flexigolf at flexigolf.com. Uh, just launched on Tuesday. A couple of affiliate clubs already set up in Ireland. More to come. Loads of chatter and opinions this week I've seen on social media. Uh, people are saying oh it's to the detriment of golf clubs in Ireland, blah blah blah. But Tony's made it quite clear that he is after the golfers not part of golf clubs. Uh, also I, see it, I think I mentioned it in the episode I see it as a great option For people who are looking to, to transition From getting into the game And having a couple of lessons down the driving range To getting out and playing in an event And meeting other people that play golf And then looking to become part Of a club And I suppose that's the interest there For those clubs who do affiliate Is the potential to get new, web, new website New golfers through the Flexi Golf Club itself You know so I think it's a great initiative. And no harm um, for industries such as golf and, and those maybe somewhat stuck in the past or have a certain stereotype against them to be shaken up a bit. Um, nothing wrong with that. Uh, looking forward to catching up with Tony later in the year. So if you have enjoyed the episode, leave a review. How do you leave a review? I've been asked this week a lot. Um, Apple, don't make it too easy. You Wherever you listen to this podcast, you leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, so if you don't use Apple, you can skip to the next episode now. If you do use Apple, go on to my channel. Is that what you call it? Uh, the podcast episode. The, the home of where you have this podcast and you've just scroll all the way to the bottom so all the way through the 72 plus episodes now and writer review is down there down the very bottom maybe uh, Steve Jobs' successor will move that link up to the top of the list so yeah until we teed up again soon I'm Paddy